On March 22, 1999, the now-defunct Hasbro Interactive released a video game for Windows computers that would change the world as we know it. Okay, that might be a little bit dramatic. Chris Sawyer's Roller Coaster Tycoon was not some earth-shattering improvement. It was a fun game, and it's one I imagine a lot of us have very fond memories of. Glued to some massive CRT monitor for hours, banishing guests to a deserted corner of the park, or using our childlike imaginations to design rides that, by any modern standard, would be considered wildly unsafe. Roller Coaster Tycoon was far from the first business simulation game. It wasn't even the first amusement park-themed one. But it had a staying power that others did not, and to this day, along with games like Thief, Half-Life, Mafia, and Fallout, Roller Coaster Tycoon enjoys legend status in video game history. But it doesn't necessarily come from what the game itself did, but rather what it allowed its players to. This is Hidden History, and you're listening to the first episode of Season 4. This is episode 81, Mr. Bones' Wild Ride. Hidden History is always available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course, www.hiddenhistory.show. And if you like what I do, then subscribe, leave a rating, or if you want to support the show more directly, you can click on the link in the description of this episode, which leads to Hidden History's freshly created Patreon page. Now, with that out of the way, let's get back to it. So, Roller Coaster Tycoon and its aptly named sequel, Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, came of age in what's called the fifth generation console era which starts roughly in 1993 and ends in 2005. And that time period coincides with the rise of the casual computer game. Rollercoaster Tycoon releases at the perfect time and as a result becomes incredibly popular. Given that Tycoon games are essentially capitalism simulators. You win Roller Coaster Tycoon by creating a park that most efficiently aggregates wealth in your wallet. But I'm not going to spend all of this episode talking about the intricacies of a 20-year-old computer game. To get to what I really want to talk about, I need to tell the story that gives this episode its title. A player-made ride in Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. Mr. Bones' Wild Ride. So in 2012, an anonymous forum user posted screenshots of their theme park. It was home to a massive snaking coaster, 30,696 feet long. Each rider was hand-selected, picked up and dropped into the queue. The simulated guests gathered in their seats and departed from the station on a journey that would take four in-game years to complete. Over the course of the ride, guests became incredibly hungry and tired, but on Roller Coaster Tycoon, they can't starve to death. Instead, one singular thought began to overwhelm their minds. 
I want to get off Mr. Bones' wild ride. Eventually, the cars pull into a station, the passengers get off and walk down a long, wide path that leads them right back to the ride's entrance. There, they're met with a large sign that reads, The Ride Never Ends. It was designed to be functionally impossible to get off Mr. Bones' wild ride. So earlier in this episode, I said that the goal of Roller Coaster Tycoon and business management games as a whole is efficiency. But the ride that I just described to you, I don't think anyone would describe it as efficient, at least not in the sense that we use it in day-to-day conversation. But actually, I don't think that's the fairest assessment. We're getting closer to what I really want to talk about for the remainder of this episode, that is. But before we get there, we really just need to briefly think about efficiency and what it means to be efficient. Any given object is a potentially efficient tool, but it might just not be in the way that we expect. Take, for example, a vacuum. You might, in this case, think that efficiency is an objective standard by which all things are measured. Therefore, if it doesn't quickly and quietly pick up every piece of dirt on your carpet, then it is not an efficient vacuum. That's how we judge efficiency in a day-to-day manner. And by this standard, a ride like Mr. Bones is horribly inefficient. It makes no money, has a low capacity, costs a fortune to maintain, and of course takes four years to complete. By conventional standards, Mr. Bones' wild ride is not an efficient roller coaster. But this is when the value of that standard completely falls apart. There are certain things you cannot assess in a conventional way because they're not conventional. Rather, when we judge efficiency, it must be based not on a broad standard, but an individualized one. We must determine if the object fulfills its goals to the degree its limitations allow, and in doing so, we must readjust the notion of what it means to be efficient. Let's take our conventionally inefficient vacuum. When compared to different vacuums, it loses out. But examining it individually, incorporating the physical realities in which it exists and the flaws in its design and hardware, it must be perfectly efficient at the goal it sets out to accomplish. We cannot look at its performance-hurting differences as flaws, but rather intentional design choices. Everything functions as designed. Mr. Bones' wild ride fails catastrophically at being a productive and profitable roller coaster. It succeeds, beyond all measure, at being a torture device. And with that, I can finally get to the main idea of this episode. Cruelty as the point of societal systems. So by virtue of doing this show, I'm I'm very politically active and I interact with a lot of people who are as well. 
And one thing that I hear from time to time is this lamentation that the system is broken. And I understand where that feeling comes from. But the truth of the matter is that the system is not broken. This collapsing world around us, structural racism, skyrocketing inequality, these are all the predestined results of a system that is functioning exactly as it is supposed to. These things aren't coincidences. They are foundational behaviors from which our system draws its strength. And there are thousands upon thousands of examples I could use to illustrate this. Quite a few of them I've covered in previous episodes. But there's really no use in retreading old ground. So here are two examples just from within the past few days. The first comes out of an overcrowded ICE facility in Bakersfield, California. This is where the story's breaking from, but it's happening all over the country. In the midst of COVID outbreaks in ICE detention facilities, the department has decided not to test any of their prisoners. Because if one came back positive, then they would be legally obligated to quarantine them and provide them with medical care. I'm just going to let that uh, sink in for a moment. One of the most inhumane bodies in the United States government has decided that they would rather simply let people die a slow, agonizing death than give them basic medical treatment. Nobody will ever face repercussions for that decision, because it is the logical terminus of the path we have been walking down since the foundation of this country. The perpetrators will actually be rewarded for it. George W. Bush, who created ICE, was in the news yesterday. People were fawning over him, actively engaging in his rehabilitation, because in a sickening mockery of justice, he's announced he's releasing a book of paintings honoring immigrants. These things do not come out of nowhere. They do not lack precedent. They are a product of the political system that we have actively supported and maintained all our lives. Here's the second one. This came out of Salt Lake City yesterday. People protesting the shooting of an unarmed black man surrounded the office of the district attorney who had just ruled that the shooting was justified. They splashed red paint on the doors, windows, walls, really anything they could reach. In response, prosecutors charged them with felony mischief, but decided that they weren't protesters. They were actually a gang. And as a result of that decision, four Black Lives Matter protesters who have been able to be identified by the police face life in prison. Life in prison for a can of red paint and a broken window. Not only is that infuriating, but it's also incredibly terrifying. Things like this only happen because the government feels empowered to do so. They know that they'll get away with it because the two and a half centuries worth of people that did it before them got away with it too. In fact, 
they know they'll get away with it because that's how it's been designed. The United States is not efficient as a cohesive society. It is terribly efficient as a torture device. What's happening now is the result of centuries of rot. It's not something that can simply be fixed by voting in a Democrat. After all, just this morning, Senate Minority Leader Democrat Chuck Schumer agreed with President Trump that the economy should be prioritized over human lives, saying, if you don't open up the schools, you're going to hurt the economy very badly. Personally, I think it's really fantastic that both parties hold essentially the exact same positions. To contrast with that, here's a quote from the Prime Minister of Vietnam, Nguyen Duan Pho. In Vietnam, remember, they've had a total of 10 deaths. Here's the quote. I said, it's also important to protect people's lives, not just our economy. I said we will sacrifice the economy in the short term to protect our people's health, people's lives. We cannot protect the economy and forget the people's health and lives. I said we have to strengthen our economy, but we will only worry about this once the pandemic is over in Vietnam. COVID-19 is not just a deadly virus. It attacks vulnerable people first, such as people with low income or unemployed people. Our government has to use all of our resources to help those vulnerable people overcome this hardship. We have to ensure basic needs. We can't let this pandemic affect our poor people too much. We have to help our workers because they are essential to our economy and our future. God. I want to get off Mr. Bones' wild ride.